Hi, I'm Dave Bazuki, founder and CEO at Roblox, and you're listening to Tech Talks, a podcast about the people and ideas that are shaping the future of the metaverse. In this series, we'll be exploring some of the most innovative technologies that have emerged in this new category and sharing stories with the Robloxians that are building them. Today, I'm joined by Kavita Kanetkar, our Senior Director of Engineering Economy, and Dimitri Essenin, our Senior Engineering Manager. We're going to be talking about our virtual economy, the importance of UGC, and how monetization in the metaverse has evolved. Let's get started. Dimitri, Kavita, welcome. You're on a team where even though we're about the economy, we actually focus so much on making our experience and engaging. So we'll bring, we're going to bring that up a little bit later, but you really are in an interesting place. So first off, just uh, we're all back to work. It's after our big uh, spring refresh. How are you today? What's going on at Roblox on your team? Yeah, the spring refresh was amazing. Uh, uh, I'm really lucky to be working at a company where uh, almost like the spring, summer, we get a couple of days extra after the weekend so that we can we, we come back to work very refreshed. Uh, people are geared up to uh, make virtual economy a huge success. Yeah, I'll, I'll second that. Uh, super recharged, finished Q2, going on to Q3. Um, a lot of planning is done and full speed ahead. Well, it's, it's wonderful to have you both here. And in a sense, we have two interesting stories. Dimitri, I, we've been working together for a long time. And then Kavita, you just came on board recently. So we have almost both ends of the spectrum of what it's like to come to Roblox. Dimitri, can you share a bit about your story and how you, how you came to Roblox? Yeah, this is uh, five years ago. I was leaving Microsoft at the time. I was looking for interesting products and innovative companies. Um, I got into computer science, building games. I made Java games. Um, it was very hard to do. You needed to know all pixels at the time, all the UIs. I built games like Barman, Tron. Um, and then that's when I found out about Roblox. And I was like, man. I wish I had this when I was a kid because one, it would have made my life a lot easier building the games um, and then uh, got into the metaverse concept. So it was five year journey now uh, on the economy team. Uh, yeah, it's been great. Well, we've been working together for quite a while and it's been really satisfying for me because I think a lot of the things we were talking about five years ago have come true over the last four or five years. And then Kavita, you just came on recently, so you haven't seen all of this, but how how was it for you joining our company? Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting journey. Um, so I studied, my background is computer science. After doing bachelor's, master's, I worked a very long time at Google. That's where I crossed paths a bit with Dan Sturman, um, who's our current CTO. And then after Google, I went on to work for multiple other companies in terms of um, areas I've worked with, uh, worked in search and discovery, platform engineering, consumer engineering, and most recently at tech. Uh, so when I was looking for a change, I looked up uh, the people in my network and saw um, some of them were working at this company called Roblox. Uh, I spoke to my friends and unanimously all their kids are glued to Roblox. I got such a positive response from everybody. I started doing my own uh, research into this company. I learned about the whole metaverse play and the platform play Roblox is in. 
I really saw huge potential and I said to myself, that's the company I need to be at. And um, I was looking for a growth company and a place where there's a lot of optimism and energy. Uh, luckily, uh, I had a recruiter's ping in my inbox. I replied and here I am. That's great. Well, you both work on arguably one of the most important teams. Well, they're all important. Every group and team at Roblox is like children. They're, we're all equally important. But your team is where we ultimately support the developer community, where they you know, start to make a living on our platform, where we pay the electricity and the lighting and our salaries. Um, so it's really critical and a lot goes through there. We, we use sometimes the term virtual economy, which is a really big term we coined five or six or seven years ago. And it, it means uh, really a fairly complex system. Wondering, uh, both Dimitri and Kavita, if uh, you can share what it, you know, any lens of what it means to you from your perspective. Yeah. So at uh, Roblox, virtual economy isn't just about the whole top line and bottom line like other companies. It's way more innovative than that. It's about GDP, gross domestic product. If, say, Roblox was a country, we'd measure the health and success of our economy in terms of GDP, right? Not just revenue. So we don't obsess about making um, money as much as we obsess about creating platform and tools so that our developers and creators are producing engaging experiences for our end users and in that process making money. So in a sense, their success is ultimately our success. And also for me, metaverse and real world, they're both full of rich experience, rich experiences. I come from a traditional ad tech background. So, but here at Roblox, we believe that ads don't need to be those annoying little things that everyone wait, waits to get over with and then they move on to their amazing consumer experience. So think about this when, so in real world, right? When you visit New York City, you walk, walk around Times Square on a Friday evening. It's the whole experience in Times Square is about those brilliant shiny billboards and they're all ads. Uh, that's the prime time attraction there, right? So why not Times Square walkthrough on uh, Roblox experience? Uh, stretch that a little bit, go into the store, uh, try out clothing, shoes, accessories, stretch that a little bit. Uh, you like something, create a transaction, purchase, sell, trade. So this emulation of reality in terms of variety of experiences, like shopping, creative ads, um, transacting with our virtual currency Robux, buying, selling, creating uh, various items is what I think about virtual economy uh, in terms of metaverse. Yeah, what's so wonderful about working on a co-experience platform like this is there's such immersive native support for brands that are natural to the real world rather than other types of ad tech, which might get in the way of a user experience or slow you down or block you. Um, you know, I don't know if you know this, Kavita, but a long time ago, we did have pre-roll video on Roblox and actually as we built out this virtual economy team it was something we were able to pull away from and remove the friction to the to people on the platform so what your your theme there that our economy team is really making the experience better rather than getting in the way is a really exciting aspect of it uh, you know we made a big move uh i guess it's been five or six or seven years ago to build our economy on user-generated content, both on avatars and items, as well as the experiences that developers have made. Dimitri, can you at all riff on that UGC 
aspect of our economy? Yeah, definitely. Um, when we talk about the metaverse, um, our play on the metaverse is very much a user-generated content metaverse, meaning developers are the ones that are building the metaverse, not Roblox themselves. And so we're called the economy team, not the monetization team, because we don't monetize at all. Developers monetize. What we really are are a tooling team for developers to monetize. Um, and usually, uh, money is a pretty good incentive. And so uh, when I joined Roblox, our developers were making millions of dollars. Uh, now they're making millions of dollars a month. They're building their game studios. They're really creating their own play on the metaverse, uh, which is like is super interesting to see because it follows the same trends as the world. And Roblox kind of blends into the background. We're not the ones that are driving any part of these experiences. It really is about the what the users want and what the developers are building. That's really cool. So if we, when we roll the clock really back, the history of this team first was, I think it was some AdWords at a very low CPM. Yep. And then it was a club that we called Builders Club that followed the notion that you would, you know, spend $5 a month to get into a club. Then after that, we introduced this virtual currency, Robux, that you could start to buy a few things. And then for, for the people listening out there, one really great lesson we've had along the way is that that collection of what the economy team at the time was, was starting to not scale at the same rate we were growing. And we started to enter a time which would be scary for any entrepreneur where user growth is growing faster than economy growth. And we did something that was really interesting and maybe what most companies do is tried about 40 different tactical small things to tweak our economy to make it work better. But behind the scenes, we were brainstorming all the time, what about the full virtual economy where Robux, um, can be consumed within the experiences, developers can decide how to make their experiences monetize. Those Robux could then be cashed out actually and support the developers. And that was a big fundamental uh, move for us that uh, migrated us to this more platform. So I don't know if, if either one of you want to riff a little more on how our economy works today and that it, we've, we've essentially created a closed loop system now that is now scaling with user growth in a wonderful way. Uh, but yeah, really quickly, you mentioned CPM AdWords. I was the one that removed that feature and increased Yay. website <laughs> load time one second across the board on every single page. So there there's definitely is a cost for ads that people don't think about. Um, but uh, to your question as how our economy works is exactly that. It, it's a flywheel. Uh, our developers make great content. The users come consume that content. The developers make more money. They build bigger studios. They hire more people. And the flywheel continues. Um, so it's very, uh, it very much is like the, the real world economy in the virtual space or the metaverse that we always talk about. Yeah, and I think it's fair. We'll get, we'll get into it a little later one way that I like to imagine the economy team is I look around at the real physical world and I see interesting ways that people both interact and play and work and learn together. And we can imagine that being supported in an immersive digital world like Roblox. But I also do see interesting ways that commerce 
works that we haven't supported yet that we'll we'll talk about in a in a little bit. Um, coming back to reality, just right now, any stories um, of tech challenges that you're either working on now or have worked on the past that you'd like to share to our, our technical audience? Sure. Um, I can go. Um, one of my teams is called Avatar Marketplace. Um, Roblox thrives on user-generated content, and the goal of Marketplace specifically is to let anyone sell any avatar content and help users find the content that they like. Uh, we are now opening up more and more asset types for users um, to create and sell like bodies and animations and etc. And we're adding more distribution options to those asset types, like selling them in certain experiences or making the items collectible, etc. So now the challenge, right? Moderation. That's a challenge. Um, Roblox wants to be a very safe place, uh, but there will always be people who will try to abuse the system. So how do we deal with the content that is spammy, that is inappropriate, that's stolen? How do we protect creators' intellectual property, right? There are checks uh, we have implemented, like automated upload validations, uh, upload fees, etc. But now we are looking into machine learning systems for making all this type of bad content uh, de be detected early and dealt with. Lastly, we also have moderation policies and the context is a large part of this. What is appropriate in say um, war themed experience might not be appropriate in a cute zoo theme experience, right? So we are allowing the freedom of expression, but limiting exposure for people who might not want to see that content. Uh, we are implementing things like age ratings, uh, locale specific ratings and policies. And um, to think about it, the other side of uh, user generated content is the search and discovery side. Our users are creating amazing amounts of content at a very rapid pace. So you can imagine it comes with its own challenge. Uh, and then there's this overwhelming choice for our users. They have to go through many, many pages of results to find what they want. Um, to add to that, we don't have personalized sorts. So every user is kind of looking at the same set of results every day. And lastly, uh, so we do have uh, user experience challenges. For example, there's a little bit of disconnect between the shop experience and, and the editor. So yeah, there are, uh, there are multiple challenges on the content creation side, uh, discovery side and search side, uh, if you look at uh, marketplace overall, but uh, we are definitely working hard at, uh, hard at solving those. It, um... One thing I've, you know, I've seen recently in the last few years on Roblox, there was a time a long time ago, if I were to have typed in red hat, the system would blow up and mm -hmm. I'd just get a bunch of garbage. And it's been extremely satisfying to start, you know, moving into almost the, the digital analog of uh, Google photo search or real world image search. And, and now I'm getting better and better results when I type these more descriptive uh, terms into the, for example, our avatar catalog. How is this, I'm, from afar, this seems like it must be one of the more difficult technical challenges for us. Yeah, in terms of technical levers, there are rules-based engine, we are trying out machine learning solution, implementing policies, we're working on the UX front uh, to make it easier to view the results. 
We are working on personalized sorts uh, to if the user wants to search on interest, like what's trending, what's limited, or what what is the funny item available. They should be able to get to that content really quickly. We are in in the works is the tag based filtering. So if they have specific preferences uh, without typing a word, they should be able to just click the tag. For example, uh, we are trying to make it easier not just for uh, for a user who's just looking not just looking for body parts for avatar, but things like you know affordable hat, cute costumes, free ninja weapons. Uh, ever if they don't have to type a single word, they should be just able to click those tags. And uh, lastly, uh, recommendations is a large part of search. So definitely, um, uh, what we are doing is when user does find something that's interesting, we are trying to surface similar items so that they can broaden their choices. Yeah, it's it's much more satisfying for me to dress my avatar these days than it was in the early days of Roblox. Um, okay, lead in for Dimitri. We had an offsite about two years ago or two and a half years ago, and we were looking at the earnings distribution curves as well as the time spent distribution curves. And in addition to watching, as we always do, the top 10 devs, top 100, top 500, we spent a lot of time empathizing with the developers number 1,000 to 10,000. And these tend to be hobbyists, experimenters, creators, who sometimes are creating some of the most innovative stuff on Roblox, and it starts to bubble to the top. And these creators spend most of their time imagining and creating the experience and less of their time initially thinking about how to support themselves or turn it into a job or something like that. So we came up with the challenge, could developer you know, ranked 1000 on total engagement time, could we imagine them making a living even if they didn't focus too much on monetization? And Lo and behold, there's your lead in, Dimitri. How did we solve the problem? That's right. This is actually probably my favorite feature I ship today uh, at Roblox. Uh, but it's called engagement-based payouts. Um, uh, so the outside world is called premium payouts. And what we do is we calculate the engagement your game is getting, and we pay you for that engagement. No monetization needed. No needed to monetize your users. You can worry about uh, making your experience better. Uh, make it more engaging. And, and like you said, it's a lot of hobbyist developers. So it's people with a full-time job. They do this for fun. They go home and they develop Roblox games. And some of these developers we were we were looking at, and they were uh, making super engaging experience, but just didn't care to monetize these games. Um, there was a couple I was looking in particular. Um, over, overnight, we turned on this feature. And so let me get into the algorithm a little bit. Um, one challenge we were looking into is making sure that this isn't bottable, right? Uh, when you give a big incentive, like, hey, you sit in this game, we'll give you Robux. That's just a, um, like you're, you're asking to get bought it as a platform. Um, so I'm not going to get into the algorithm too much, but we made sure that no matter what happens, you sitting in a game, we're not, you're not going to be able to bot us. Uh, you will not get more money for that. So it's a very uh, clever solution, which I can't get into. Um, but overnight, the developers that had engaging experiences, had no monetization, started making over $300,000 a year. I mean, they had full-time jobs. I a lot of them. You can see uh, the studio time shot up. Um, and to riff a little bit on what you said about the ten thousand spot, 
uh, we actually saw these developers get a lot more excited. Just the ones that made five Robux, 10 Robux, 20 Robux, um, they finally earned something from their creation. And we got a lot of testimonials like, I'm super excited. I finally got some Robux. I can do the use the ad system to increase uh, visibility to my game. Um, their studio time went up for the uh, long tail is how we usually call them. Uh, they were extremely excited um, and uh, really started investing into our platform. Um, and just to talk about our economy a little bit, we actually think about it as a tourist economy, meaning people come into our economy, they spend some money on our economy, and they really fly out uh, or they leave Roblox eventually. And so what we try to do is actually convert these tourists as what we would call them into creators or really being part of our economy, something that makes them build. And uh, once these um, developers' long tails started to get a little bit more money, they started to become really citizens of Robloxia. They started really investing into the metaverse, really building more engaging uh, experiences. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing feature. I'm very happy to be part of it, honestly. That's, that's super exciting. I, um, I've had two instances, one an employee and one of a friend who someone in their family did not know about engagement-based payouts was working on a creation and they got the notice, you have some Robux, you've earned those Robux without even knowing it. And the excitement was, you know, absolutely how you described it, just, you know, mind changing. Um, and one, one other comment on the Roblox community, we have such a creative, fun, intelligent, savvy community that they will try to bot us in a lot of interesting ways. And um, it's not always malicious. A lot of times it's just really creative young programmers um, trying to do things as well. And as you know, we, we have to build robust systems that ultimately don't have an economic incentive. Um, we, um, and for all of those that are out there in Roblox land, uh, we all know that we used to have a thing called tickets that you would earn just for logging in. And that's such a bottable surface area. Um, so unfortunately, those are no longer here. And I know a lot of the community misses them. Um, but if, if we circle back now to problem solving in these areas um, and thinking about your teams, um, any problem solving we're having to do around um, either UGC, monetization, any things you're working on right now? I'll start with Kavita. Yeah. So as I mentioned, uh, problem solving in a UGC and overall economy is combining technology levers with human moderators and policies. Uh, for technology levers, we definitely use rules, we use machine learning solutions and uh, implementing policies. Uh, this is definitely largely supplemented by our human moderators. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, the, to solve the UX, uh, uh, to solve the discovery piece of the puzzle, we have UX solutions, uh, personalized sorts, tag-based filtering. Um, uh, we are doing recommendations. And for people who want to really go in and search, we're able to uh, add features like autocomplete, um, uh, combining that with tag refinement so to uh, allow the users to quickly get to the content they want. Um, so yeah. Uh, overall, I think this encompasses the solutions that we are trying for marketplace and overall economy. Dimitri, do you want to add something? 
yeah, and um, just as a highlight, I, I will note to the audience that in many times when our economy team builds new functionality or features and we run a B test, we most of the time look more for user engagement first rather than the economic thing. And what's been really exciting as we've done some of this problem solving is to see as we improve the way our economy works, that engagement goes up rather than down. So we're mm -hmm. not trading monetization for engagement. And then on for developers, Dimitri, putting ourselves in the shoes of developers, we now have a virtual economy with Robux. We have engagement-based um, systems as well. Are there any problems you're working on for new monetization things that I, you could speak about generally without announcing any product functionality or anything like that? Uh, I can I can say things we're thinking about, uh, maybe yeah. not planned, unofficial. Um, we, we actually always think about how our developers can make more money, um, especially because every experience is very different. There's types of transactions you might want maybe subscriptions, not, not announcing anything, uh, that you would be more interested in having. Um, you could think of a, even a Spotify experience or a movie theater experience where you want people to keep coming back uh, every month. Um, and that's your monetization strategy. Uh, World of Warcraft, for example, is all subscription-based. That's, that's how kind, that game works. Um, so that, that's just some of the things we think about. We do talk to a lot of the developers. What do they need? What are the biggest pain points? Uh, we think about data a lot. What data can we put in front of them? What data would help them understand their experience better? Um, what do we bubble up? What do we not bubble up is also another um, kind of difficult problem because you don't want to give everything, right? Our users also have privacy concerns, things like that. So um, it's, it's definitely a balancing act. Um, and uh, it, I, I think for as far as like monetization go, we want to give our developers as many ways to monetize without hurting the engagement of our users. Uh, like you said, every A-B test we run, we check engagement first. And if that hurts, we never roll out of the feature. We've never done that. Um, every time it has to be either engagement neutral or usually uh, uh, better for engagement. Yeah, I really like the notion that today we talk about these two different economy um, systems. But when we look to the real world, if we went for a walk in New York City and walked around and spent a day there and we went to a concert and went into a store and bought a coffee and bought a ticket somewhere and, you know, exchanged some currency to travel and bought an airplane ticket, there's really tens, if not hundreds of things we can imagine that are ultimately ways that kind of to a digital economy, just like a physical one. So it feels really early. Um, so Dimitri, how do you think about the metaverse? You know? This would be a different answer uh, if not for COVID. Uh, so after, <laughs> after spending most of my time locked, locked indoors, um, I, I think it's gonna be a blend. Um, of the virtual and the real world. Um, I, I, before I was very gung-ho on the very metaverse concept, but after not you know, interacting with very many humans, um, I think now we really think about a blend of metaverse and real world. And uh, we're already doing this today. So you buy a toy um, that's a Roblox toy, you get a code and you get pretty much the same item in the Roblox universe. Uh, we are adding new features to make this easier for clothes, QR codes, being able to redeem those on the fly. Uh, super exciting feature 
not announcing anything that's uh, maybe. Uh, and another thing I want to say is I think it's going to go the other way. And so when you're in a Roblox experience, uh, let's say a Nike experience, uh, we want to open up a way for you to buy those Nike shoes um, with your Robux. Um, now, does that mean Robux become a cryptocurrency? Does that mean Roblox creates a payment provider that converts your Robux into USD in the background? These are all questions we kind of think through. There are benefits and non-benefits for actually either of those solutions. Um, but I, I do believe that eventually we'll get there, where your Robux will be able to purchase physical goods in the real world. Yeah, that's a really exciting vision. And that aligns with that walking around New York and just imagining the digital analog. And what, one way I've always thought about this is um, just as books or just as video um, society or the phone societies used to balance the physical and the digital and make decisions back in when I was a kid there was all this concern that everyone would watch TV for 12 hours a day. I, mean, I guess there's still a few people do, but <laughs> more and more, I think for now, we feel people self-balance that mostly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how I see the um, immersive experiences working as well. I think, as you mentioned, people will balance the physical and digital. Um, Kavita, for you, the, it's a much, it's a newer thing working at Roblox. You, you've mm -hmm. just you know, come on board recently and seen us from the outside. Has that shaped your view at all on where this might all go or what the vision would be? Oh, definitely. Uh, I think of uh, Metaverse as emulating real world um, as much as it's, it's a balance. It's about expression. It's about when I was creating my avatar, I was so picky about uh, what I wear. Is Does it represent me? So it was a lot about expressing my presence in that world. Um, then it's about socializing, participating, for example, participating in games, concert, get-togethers, other experiences with your inner circle, your social circle. It's uh, Then it's also being a part of this large virtual economy, purchasing, trading, creating items. And that is so much an emulation of the, what happens in real world. So in the end, just like in real world, there is no end to imagination and innovation for where this the whole concept of metaverse can really go and a virtual economy is definitely a very large part of it and i'm super excited to see where it goes next that is exciting and um riffing on avatar i believe there will be a tech talk in the future i'm not sure about avatar because we're doing some really interesting expansion as you mentioned taking not just clothing but all of Avatar, body, yep. head, face, emotion, actions into the UGC world and early signs of hopefully a combinatorial explosion beyond what the people on the platform can do today. And so it's going to really interact with the economy. Yeah, can't wait. And we are ready for the technical challenges. So, okay, now looking out to the future in economy, we've riffed on it a a little bit um two real two simultaneous questions we can start with future but also um uh as you go into that future for engineers out there who are looking for their next uh thing we'd love to hear your advice to engineers looking for their next opportunity as well so uh, who wants to go first I can go. Yeah. So for engineers, uh, I would say have a really solid uh, engineering foundation. 
be really good at engineering, then be curious and have growth mindset. You may not land that particular a perfect opportunity at the get-go, but give it some time. Uh, try, uh, you know, prove yourself, sign up for projects in different domains, different skill sets, get out of your comfort zone. Once you've spent a year or so in the company, a lot of opportunities do open up. You have proven yourself, you have a good network at the company, you've tried out a few projects. At that point, you do know, you do know what you like and what you'd like to do next. Be bold about asking for those opportunities and just run with it. So if you've been an engineer for a long time, say you want to try out uh, a people leadership roles, ask for opportunities, you know, you have that safe space to try out, um, set expectations for the trial period, and you can go back to your IC track if that doesn't work out. Um, if you want to keep growing as an IC, uh, which is individual contributor, grow, uh, apart from taking on really complex technical challenges, um, write blogs, mentor people, speak at technical conferences, Right. And then say you're in uh, product engineering and you want to try out product management. There are a lot of rotational programs that you can sign up. And most companies support these role changes and they'll, they'll help you try out these new changes, new roles. So I'd say keep growing and uh, keep learning. That's awesome. Dimitri, any advice from yeah, your end? Um, yeah, so I guess for me, I, I really think about passion. I, I think it's uh, it's super important to understand what you're passionate about. Uh, passion breeds success. Uh, passion breeds motivation. It, it really does make your life so much easier. Um, if you asked me back in college, would I be part of a metaverse economy? I'd probably say maybe. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but I knew I was going to be part of an innovative company. So I made back in college, and I don't know if I can talk about this on the podcast, but a, a breathalyzer that uses the frequency of your voice to determine uh, how intoxicated you are. I called nice. it a, vo a voicealyzer. Uh, so that uh, my next side project was digital stamp cards. You get 10 of the coffees and then you get those uh, uh, another coffee for free. So we digitized that. This was before, you know, Five Star came around, um, although they had more funding. Um, and then my last one was rating uh, dishes over restaurants, right? A competitor for Yelp. So I knew I'd have something new, uh, something innovative and uh, Roblox came along and I thought, great, this is a perfect fit for me. So really think about what you're passionate about. Are you passionate about the future? Are you passionate about specific technology? Are you passionate about innovation? And then the, everything else I think falls into place. It's funny. Um, I've worked with a couple new college grads in our neighborhood who were um, bouncing off of trying to find new jobs. And then we, we sat down and figured out what they were passionate about and then and figured out the 10 or 20 companies that they were really, really loved and why they were passionate about. And then rather than scanning the job listings, they leaned in towards those 10 or 20 companies trying to find people within them. And, and because they were passionate and they had a, a reason for trying to reach out and trying to want to work there, both of them found jobs that way, which is something I never under when I got out of college, I bounced around for a few years because I I was so used to having my path be organized and not used to that reaching out. So yeah, my advice would be for people who are out there who are passionate and good at something, you know, lean in to to see if you can can find something that aligns with that. Um, and then finally maybe a, a, a funny final future riff would be um, 
where's this economy going way in the future? Like there's a lot of buzzwords out there, right? NFTs going on, crypto going on, um, those kind of things. Any thoughts on where this could all go? Once again, we're a public company, so nothing we're talking about is a prediction we're going to ship anything. This is more of a sci-fi talk, but it is fun to imagine what could be possible. Yeah, so economy engineering is very unique. It's so much wider than just revenue engineering at other companies, just ads and subscriptions. It's all of that, but our success will be ultimately measured by how healthy the economy and the GDP of Roblox really is. This in itself is a very innovative concept. We have to make sure our creators succeed. Um, it means our users get the best experiences and our developers are making engaging content and also making money on the side. So as you can see, there are many, many challenge, exciting challenges uh, in this discipline. At the core, we are challenging what traditional online ads are doing. We are experimenting with subscription models. We have you know, we have to experiment with what works in what geolocation, demographics, et cetera. So overall, there is a lot of data science. There's a lot of machine learning. There's infrastructure. There's product-specific uh, work that we are doing and a lot more needs to happen if we really have to, you know, think about futuristic uh, things like NFT and being able to buy or sell things with Robux. Uh, could we go into cryptocurrency? I don't know. But so far... Um, yeah, so all those add up to really good technical challenges. Uh, awesome. Dimitri, any other color on NFTs or? Uh, I'll, so I've been here for five years. I'll give you where we came from and then maybe a little bit on where we're going. So I joined uh, Robux for database values. It was just a user with some value. So um, that was the start. As was what I kind of uh, when when I joined. So now the system is complex. We actually track every single transaction. We compare it to the database, and if there's ever a one robot difference, we actually get alerted. So this is a checks and balances, a very complicated system. I won't go into the complete technical uh, challenges. Um, uh, with that, but it is a centralized system. Robo Roblox, we can trust Roblox, and that's why we went with this architecture. Um, with that said, we also have a feature key concept, meaning that some features are only allowed certain actions of Roblox. Um, we have certain payment providers we don't maybe fully trust, and so they can only grant up to a certain amount of Robux, and if they ever try to go above that, we get alerted. Um, so it's becoming more complex. We think of ourselves more like a bank than anything else. Um, unless you, we, we have developers building full businesses on our platform. If you don't trust your bank, you're not going to build on our platform. And so we do a lot to make sure that all Robux head up, everything gets to the right place, everything is audited. So you can trust us like a bank. When you put money into our platform, you're going to get your Robux and it's trusted. Um, with, the, with the future, I think there's a lot of interesting technology coming out, crypto, NFT. There's a lot of uh, ways you can apply it. Our, our marketplace, for example, when you purchase an item, you could resell it. Um, and there's a live bidding uh, 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 system on our platform. So somebody's selling for a thousand, someone's selling, uh, trying to undercut that person. It really is like a stock market. Um, NFTs could apply there. Um, crypto, obviously, you think of Robux, you think it could apply to crypto. That's that's another one. Um, I, I, I can't predict. Uh, what I can say is we'll probably get closer to the real world economies um, every year. Um, and it'll be very much... Uh, there's not too many companies you can go to and build a thriving economy, uh, but I'm very excited that we can build a, one very close to the real world. 
one of the one of the things we've done a couple times and you're riffing on it is in effect scaled innovation within the company because um both starting with the uh, virtual currency system of robux then the uh, devx exchange and now engagement-based payouts those have been a few along the way and um you know when we look to the future of the company as we grow we sometimes say we're not really building Roblox, we're building the people in the company that is an innovation scaling system. And if we build our people and company and systems that scales innovation, then that will build Roblox. And then on Roblox, developers will build other stuff. So we, we do a lot of thinking about scaling innovation. And we've talked a little about um, how when we're scaling innovation, we there's almost a feeling we get when we're innovating. It's it's something that's a year or two out there. Maybe it's taken us a while, but we do feel that when we do it right, anything can happen and we're going to get a combinatorial explosion and a perpetual motion machine. When you, uh, Dimitri, I'll start with you, when you were building engagement-based payouts, did you have that feeling kind of of anything could happen? Yeah. Um... Definitely. I, I think the, the the best part about it was it was so new. Uh, this was a, uh, I mean, this was not a common way to monetize your game, right? This, or your experiences. This was not something that was out there. So we were kind of writing how it should work, how the algorithms worked, even to uh, the point of taking our developers, trying to figure out how they would even use this, right? Is this for, are they, are the tail going to use this the most? Uh, is the top developers going to use this the most? Uh, I definitely felt that feeling like when we ship this is going to be something different. And I think that's my favorite part about working at Roblox is we really do build the tooling and we don't know how our developers will use those tools. Uh, and they use them in very innovative way. I think the company is very innovative, but our developers are more innovative uh, with every tool we build them. Uh, so it was super interesting. I think we, we shipped it in the first couple of weeks. I was looking at every game that was using it, uh, which games are the top, which games are, are really taking advantage of it. Uh, are they do using it for something that we never expected them to do? Uh, so there's definitely a couple of projects where I felt that. I, I do think engagement-based parents for me was the one that was the most uh, innovative at the company. Okay. Well, we have, um, I personally feel like we have another one in the pipeline. And that is, we've hinted that we're really working on our avatar system and coupled with the UGC economy and for a long time, we've had UGC support for clothing with avatars and uh, some other things. But the actual bodies, heads, and faces of our avatars, as they get more sophisticated and more personal, we're, we're just in the midst of exploring that. I have kind of a pretty good feeling about it. Kavita, how, do you, are you getting that? innovation, anything can happen feeling? Oh, definitely. So for me personally, innovation is definitely not about like waking middle of the night with this brilliant idea, launching it the next day and getting an award for it, right? It's more complex than that. It's about failing fast. What I mean by that is anyone in Roblox uh, can have an idea. Uh, but would it work? Would it scale? Would it work for all parts of the world, all demographics? You can know the answers. So I think experimentation that is encouraged here is amazing. Anyone can uh, design an experiment, uh, launch it, keep iterating until 
something great comes out of out of it right so that is uh, that what is encouraged here that is innovation uh, for me and for scaling that innovation definitely we have to look at the tools uh, for scaling the experimentation platform for iteration running a lot of parallel experiments getting getting data getting you know getting to know how developers are using our tools uh, so uh, building a foundation that uh, can scale all these aspects uh, is what i what mean what uh, scaling innovation means for me yeah that's it's so um exciting to talk about this core functionality that powers all the developers and powers all of the businesses and the economy and um, the fact that behind the scenes we're watching the fun and the engagement side by side with the money. So I, I want to thank both of you for your balance and restraint in uh, running these teams because you know you're not just okay, monetize, monetize, monetize. You're, you're building a very balanced system that's fair and supports a vibrant community. Um, and your stories were wonderful. So uh, Dimitri and Kavita, it's been great having you on today and sharing this. Oh yeah, this is great. This was super fun. Thanks for having us. Yeah, and for everyone out there in Roblox land, um, keep an eye on our virtual economy. It's going to grow and it's going to evolve in wonderful and balanced and fair ways that we hope makes the platform more interesting and support more awesome creators. So it's been great having you all on today. Uh, that's for this episode of Tech Talks. Thanks for listening. And to learn more about careers at Roblox, visit roblox.com forward slash careers. Uh, thanks again, Dimitri and Kavita. Awesome. Thank you so Thank much. You, Dave. Okay. I'm David Bazuki, and we'll see you again next time. <laughs>